Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Hey friend, if you enjoy this podcast, come on, I know you do. If you find value in learning something new about your hair or how to manage your relationship with your hairstylist, please consider helping me make more of these episodes by supporting the podcast and becoming a Your Hair Mentor community member. You may have noticed by now that I don't rep specific hair product brands or advertise specific hair companies on this podcast, and that is because it is 1000% fan supported. That's you, my friend. I do my darndest to give you all the highest quality, most accurate information, but I could not do it without your support. Not only are you supporting the podcast, the accompanying graphics, and all of my video content you can find on my website, social media, and YouTube, but you get extra perks for becoming a community member. Perks including weekly detailed videos discussing the topics of the week, a monthly live Q&A with me where I give you my thoughts and have an opportunity to answer your burning questions in depth, And you get premium access to any of my live coaching webinars where I give specific instructions on things like braids, styling tips, product usage, the list goes on. By becoming a community member, you get access to the full archive of these videos. You can learn more about becoming a Your Hair Mentor community member at www.yourhairmentor.com forward slash community. Friend, thank you so much for your consideration. And I certainly hope you enjoy this week's podcast episode. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, a podcast designed for you, your hair's problems and solutions. I am your host and hopefully your hair mentor, 
Crystal Green. How are you doing this week, friend? This week, we are going to talk about toners and what they are, the ins and outs of them. I've got a listener question for you. And then the product of the week is going to be purple shampoo. It is a very um, misused and misunderstood product. And before we get into all of that, I need to check in and see how you're doing and tell you a little bit about what's going on in my life. And first and foremost, I need to ask, are you a migraine sufferer? If you are, I am so sorry. And I feel for you, my friend. Up until this last weekend, I've had very little experience with migraines. I think I had one when I was a teenager one time. And based on the symptoms, I can look back and be like, yeah, I think that was a migraine, but it was pretty subtle. This last weekend though, my daughter, my seven and a half sweet year old daughter, sweet year old, seven and a half year old, sweet daughter. There we go. Find the words, Crystal, um, had a migraine and it was downright scary. I did not know what was going on at first. And fortunately I had one of my lovely friends with me who suffers through migraines and partway through this situation, she looked at me and was like, Crystal, I think she's having a migraine. And I was like, Oh no. So it went down like this. We were camping. We were out in the woods the day before we'd been at the lake and we're playing around. And my daughter had gotten a bunch of lake water in her nose, which really doesn't concern me generally. And then the next morning we were having breakfast and all of a sudden she's like, mama, my head hurts. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, honey, come here. And I kind of rubbed her head for her a little bit. And then she was like, man, I want to go lay down. And I'm like, really? It's like nine o'clock in the morning. That's kind of a little concerning. And you never want your kid to be sick, but especially not when you're camping. Right. So you're like, oh, geez, this could be this could be bad. So she goes and lays down and I go check on her after a few minutes and she's not looking good. And, um, she thought she was going to throw up. And so she runs out of the tent and, um, I was looking at her and I'm like, are you doing okay, honey? I'm like, something's not right. And she had no fever and, uh, she couldn't talk. It was the weirdest and probably one of the most scariest things I have experienced as a parent, especially because I didn't know what was going on. Um, but my husband was there who is a fireman and a basic EMT. And so he knows to ask for like certain questions for stroke victims and, um, kind of altered mental states for things. And so he starts asking her questions like, you know, what city do you live in? What are your dog's names? And literally the poor girl like couldn't spit any words out. And she was just confused and like kept trying to talk and it wasn't working. And so, of course, my mom brain immediately goes to, oh, my God, she got lake water up her nose yesterday. She has a brain eating amoeba and we need to helicopter out of here because she's going to die. And my husband had to talk me off the ledge and be like, OK, I think she's OK. Like her heart rate's a little high. I mean, he went like full firefighter mode, which is so helpful, honestly. Um, I love him for that. He'll never listen to my podcast, so he won't hear this, but... <laughs> kind of a thing between us. It's super weird. He like feels weird listening to me talking on a podcast. So I could probably get away with saying all sorts of stuff on here, but I wouldn't. I love my husband. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, this situation was scary, but my friend kind of figured out at some point what was going on and pulled me aside and was like, I think she's having a migraine. So, um, after that was said, it made a little bit more sense. And then, um, the, sequence of events that happened after that, my friend who suffers from migraines told me it would happen that way. Sure enough, um, poor little girl went through all the motions and had a really rough day. And man, 
I just have so much empathy, sympathy, I don't even know what the right word is, both for any of you that have suffered with a migraine before, because holy bucket of balls, that was hard to watch. And I can't even imagine being like a adult who's expected to be fully functioning at a job or something and having that happen. Um, she was on the struggle bus and it took an entire day for her to feel like she was kind of back to normal and could speak clearly and use her brain fully. So anyway, that's just my PSA out there for anyone suffering from migraines is I'm going to just give you a virtual hug right now. And I really hope that they do not get in the way of your life because that's rough skis. And I hope, knock on wood, that that is not going to be a problem for us in the future. Maybe it was a one-offer because it's stressful for everybody. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm probably doing um, deep Google dives into how to prevent future migraines. And I'm already kind of a nut job when it comes to my health and wellness and nutrition. And um, we already are kind of weirdos with how we eat. And so I'm sure there's going to be even more things we're omitting or adding in. Like, for example, and I swear this isn't bad, but um, like a year ago, I read that eating beef liver is supposed to be super good for you. And it is nasty. I do not like beef liver. I'll eat a lot of things, but beef liver is so gross to me. But I finally figured out a way to ingest it where I basically don't have to taste it. Um, I essentially cut liver into like pill sized pieces and it's raw liver, by the way, which, oh my God, I'm sure everyone's like, um, and I freeze it. And then I can take like a handful of these like frozen liver pills and swallow them and feel like I'm doing my body good by getting all the vitamin A and all the other stuff that comes with them. Um, I'm so sorry if you're a vegetarian and that super grosses you out. It's kind of weird. I know. But the point is I'm kind of fringy and weird when it comes to nutrition anyway. And so I'm sure there's going to be some strange thing that I'll find out that's good for migraines that we'll add into our repertoire. And you know, that's how I find things with hair too, though. Like it's part of my personality to be like this nerdy, like I'm going to dig into the details kind of thing. So anyway, um, speaking of nerdy and details, let's dive into the topics of the week here. So first and foremost, if I can talk, I'm going to talk to you about toners. Now, this is a weird one because it's a very general term that hairstylists use. So uh, there's other names they can go by too. This gets so confusing, but I'm going to break it down for you. I promise. Just stay with me. Other words that hairstylists use for toners are things like glazes, glosses, coatings, tints, or shine treatments. In fact, I have this story of this guy that I used to work with forever ago. Um, I don't want to say his name. I know he's never going to listen to this, but I feel weird calling people out. But um, anyway... This hairstylist was like the king of schmooze. He was a decent enough hairstylist. I would not say he's like the best by any stretch of the imagination, but man, he made people feel good. He would lay on the schmooze factor so thick that his clients walked out of there feeling sexy. And the way he would use the word toner would be like this. He'd be like, mm, girl, we are going to do a sexy gloss on your hair today. And it is going to make your color look so good. 
And these women would be like, yep, yes, please. I'll take whatever you want (laughs) to put on my hair to make me sound like that. And he'd use a different word every time. One minute it'd be a sexy gloss. The next client would be like a bougie coating and then like a saucy glaze. And so he would just make shit up as he was talking because he needed to use a toner on his client's head and he didn't want to use the word toner. Now he didn't want to use the word toner because he was a little bit of an older stylist. And I think when he started doing hair, we would use the word toner because we had an unwanted result that we needed to put a toner on to quote unquote fix. Now that's not the case anymore. A lot of the times these days, um, it is very popular to what we call bleach and tone someone's hair. What that means is you're using an artificial hair lightener. I always call it a lightener, not a bleach because it's not Clorox to lighten someone's hair. And then you're applying a color over it to get the wanted result. And so the toner is not like a fix, although it can be. So what the hell is a toner? Okay. So the general definition I'm going to give you for a toner is any sort of semi or demi or temporary color that's going to basically coat the hair in a translucent, meaning see-through color. Now this can be something that's going to enhance a tone or it's something that's going to cancel out a tone. For example, you have a redhead. You want to make her hair more red. You can use a red toner or glaze or gloss or whatever you want to call it, anything but a permanent color to enhance her red. Now, let's say you have someone you're trying to take to a blonde and their hair is just a little bit too yellow. You can use a toner to just tweak it a little bit to make it that perfect blonde tone that you're looking at. Either way, it's translucent. A lot of the times it can go on at the shampoo bowl, so it can go on um, cleansed, wet hair, and it doesn't need to sit for the full 20 or 30 or 40 minutes that traditional permanent hair color needs to sit. And so it's kind of this like middle of the road tool of um, many different varieties that hairstylists can use to alter your hair slightly. That's kind of the key. It's a slight alteration. They're not going to completely cover something or completely change your hair with a quote unquote toner. So anytime you're getting a toner on your head at the shampoo bowl, you're most likely getting a um, kind of see-through color put on your hair that's just doing a shite, a shite, oh my gosh, a slight shift in your color. Um, And so I don't know if you remember me talking about the difference between permanent and semi and demi and all those kind of things, but... A permanent hair color, it has a chemical process it has to go through. Like you mix part one, part two, it has to do its little magic chemistry on your head, and then bada bing, bada boom, it's done. Whereas a toner, what you're doing is you're putting it on um, most of the time previously lightened hair that is like all those cuticle layers are open and exposed, and it's like a dry sponge. It can absorb things very, very easily. And so you put that toner, gloss, glaze, coating, tinting, whatever you want to call it, semi-permanent color of some sort on there. And it just goes and sucks it right in. And so sometimes it can be a two minute 
application where a stylist is just looking for a slight shift in your color and it happens so quick like that. That's all it needs. That doesn't mean that it was like a fix or that something went wrong. Um, that's just kind of the way that we do it these days. But back in the olden days, a toner was only used to fix like a problem or an unwanted thing. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense now. So toners, anytime a client is getting a toner, not anytime, anytime I'm applying a toner on someone, um, it could be because there was an unwanted result in the highlights. Like maybe they're a little too brassy. It could be that I planned it all along and I'm just going to do a slight coloring shift now. Um, or sometimes even like if highlights go too light and you're missing some of that gold tone that you want in there, you can put it back in with a toner. So it's just, it's a tool. That's all I'm trying to tell you. It's a tool for hairstylists. It shouldn't be scary. Um, it also shouldn't be something that you as the client have to decide ahead of time if you're going to get or not get on your hair. Like I know some stylists like to compartmentalize all of their pricing and be like, oh, a hair color is this much a toner or a glaze or a gloss is this much and da, 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 da. And so you go in there and you get a highlight and you're like, well, I don't want to pay extra for the toner. So I'm going to skip it today. What if the toner is what makes your color look the way it's supposed to look? Well, that just mucks everything up. So I don't like it when stylists do that because then they're kind of putting the decision in your hands when you don't even really understand the function of it. I've always included it in all of my colors. That's just how I roll. I feel like then it's on me to decide in that moment if I need a toner or not. Because your job as the client is just to know what you want out of your hair, right? You just know what the end result needs to be or what you want it to be. And it's the stylist's job to get you there. So if you're like omitting one of the tools along the way, that could just mess everything up. So don't be scared of toners. And I feel like your stylist shouldn't charge you extra for them too. And that can be a conversation you can have with them ahead of time. Like, hey, listen, like if you need to use a toner, let's use a toner. But like, I don't necessarily want to pay extra for it. So if we don't have to, maybe we don't need to. Okay, so I'm going to move on to uh, my listener question for the week, um, which is a great one. It's kind of on on topic with where we're going here. And um, here it goes. Okay. So I got this question and, um, this person says, dear hair mentor, my hair looked great when I left the salon, but as soon as I got home and looked at it in my mirror, it looked way too brassy. What do I do now? Can I use purple shampoo to fix it? Okay. So a couple points I want to break down here. Okay. So my hair looked great when I left the salon. Okay. So first and foremost, thank you for writing me. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. And, um, you have a lighting problem. That's what's going on here. So I guess my question for you is when you were sitting in your stylist chair, I'm assuming there was some sort of inspiration photo, um, that you probably had or, uh, something that you pointed to that was like, yes, that's what I want. Um, otherwise how is your stylist going to know that that's what you wanted? And assuming you're looking at a photo in the salon under their salon lighting, my question for you is, At that point, did it match what you're seeing? If it did, it's a tricky one because if the stylist is looking at the same photo as you and then using the same lighting to give you what is in that photo, then I'd say, you know, they did job well done. Um, If there wasn't a photo, um, 
God, this is just so tricky. This really just comes down to communicating with your stylist. So if you get home and you look in your mirror, here's a question for you. Did it look that way in your car mirror also? Um, does it look that way standing outside? And if it looks great in your car rear view mirror and it looks great standing outside, uh, then maybe your lighting in your house or your, I'm assuming it's a bathroom, you didn't say, but maybe it's um, kind of odd in there. Like I know my bathroom lighting, I have those daylight light bulbs in there because it's kind of dungeony in there. So I blast that sucker full blast with bright light. I can see every pore in my skin and I feel like my skin looks horrible in my bathroom mirror. I'm always like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? I've got dark spots everywhere. But then anywhere else I go, I feel like my skin looks great. And so I just try not to judge the way my skin looks based on my bathroom mirror. I try to look in other spots in the house. I'm like, okay, I'm doing okay. And maybe that's the case with your hair. Maybe it just is a weird light bulb that showcases some bits and pieces of your hair that reflect to gold for you. Okay, so that's that's one way you could go with that. Or you're like, no, Crystal, every single mirror in my house, it looks horrible, and I don't like the way I look. So what I would do is, um, first and foremost, call your stylist. Tell your stylist what's going on. Um, I've actually had this happen before with me. When I work in a new salon, it kind of takes me a minute to figure out the coloring in the room because something as simple as paint on the wall or the temperature of the light bulb, meaning like how warm or cool the light bulb is, that can really change the way someone's hair looks sitting in your chair. In fact, when I had my salon suite, I remember my um, friend who's my photographer was like, do not put that wallpaper up, Crystal. I wanted to put this wallpaper that had these like Monstera leaves and it was like this big green, pretty background. And she's like, if you do that, it's gonna reflect green on everyone's hair. And I was like, oh no you're so right. <laughs> Duh. I know that because of lighting. And so those things um, can super affect the way your hair looks in the salon versus at home. And so maybe your stylist space is like really cute. And like, maybe she's got a um, cool toned wall or something, or the lighting is really pretty, but it makes your color look a little off. So definitely text your stylist and let them know. Um, because maybe that's something they need to change too, or they need to alter their formulas to recognize that in their space, it's going to look a little bit more one way or the other. And now the last part of your question. So what do I do now? Yes. Text your stylist. And then can I use purple shampoo to fix it? Okay. Yes. And no, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a long question or a long answer. And actually I'm going to tie that into the product of the week because I want to talk about purple shampoo this week. So this is so perfectly placed. Um, okay. So purple shampoo, the intention of purple shampoo is to counteract brassiness. Um, brassy, which you use that word too. brassiness in general means things are either too yellow or too orange. And um, that's just how we use those words. Um, in hairland. And so what purple shampoo will do is counteract yellow tones in your hair. It will not counteract orange tones in your hair. Now, sometimes you can find a purple shampoo that has a blue essence to it as well. And the blue is what's going to counteract any oranginess in your hair. Um, but it needs to be like an intense blue tone to get into any actual orange tones on your hair. So if you're like a little bit yellow 
but you're pretty light blonde, a purple shampoo will probably fix that. But if you just have a few pieces that are kind of yellow, but then everything else around it is like perfect. If you use a purple shampoo on it, you might find that it makes all of those other highlights that you actually liked too cool or, and maybe even borderline purple. So I don't think you should do that without contacting your stylist first, um, because it could be as simple as maybe they used a toner on you that had too much of a gold reflect in it. And if that's the case, removing a toner and using an appropriate toner on you will be much easier on your hair and you'll get more longevity out of that than just trying to use a purple shampoo to cancel it out. Um, and you can remove toners if done well. It's very easy. There are lots of products out there that will remove them because remember, they're just a coating on your hair. They're not a permanent color that's gone in and changed anything permanently. So, um, yes, contact your stylist and just let them know and maybe even send them pictures because, um, pictures can say a thousand words, my friend. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay, great. So, um, I'm going to leave you with that and hopefully that helps uh, resolve your brassy problem. If not, reach back out to me. And then that leads me into dun, 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 the product of the week. So already hinted at it. So you know, it's coming. Um, purple shampoo. Okay. So we talked about what it can do for you a little bit, but here's what I really want to hit home with you. Purple shampoo doesn't fix every brassy problem. Um, blondes are categorized by numbers. Let me back up. Hair color in general is a numerical system. We, we can measure it by numbers. Um, usually it's from one to 10. Sometimes they include 12 in there as well. One being like black and 12 being totally white. And so we consider like a platinum blonde to be like an 11 or a 10, right? And anything in between is like its respective value. So a medium brown is a level five. Why am I telling you this? Because when it comes to purple shampoos, the only numbers, the levels that it will help is really anything above an eight or a nine. And so if your hair or if the brassy hair that you're trying to counteract with a purple shampoo is not at least a level eight in lightness, it ain't going to do nothing for you. Um, even a blue tinted shampoo is barely going to touch a level eight. That's actually what a, a blue shampoo is intended for like a level seven or an eight. Um, but purple shampoo, like eight and a half, nine, 10, 11, it's really, really intended to counteract those very pale yellow colors. Think like inside of a ripe banana kind of yellow is the perfect tone to use a purple shampoo on to then get a very bright, icy blonde. So that being said, first, know your level, know how dark you are, how brassy you are, and if it's even going to work for you. Okay, so let's say you're a great candidate for a purple shampoo. How much should you use? How do you use it? How often do you use it? All these things matter. I'm going to tell you how I use my purple shampoo, and I find this to be effective with any brand that I use with the caveat that it's dark enough purple. Now, what I want you to do before you even take your purple shampoo home is I want you to open the container, pop it open and look at the product. Is your purple deep, dark, rich, royal purple? If it is, that's good. If it's like a pale, 
lavender kind of color, it is not going to do anything for your brassiness. Let me tell you, because the second that mixes with water and gets a little lather going, that purple's gone and the toning ability of that purple shampoo is lost. So you need something that's like rich, dark purple. And then when you go to apply it on your head, you'll know why. So now you've got your dark purple shampoo. And what I want you to do is slather that stuff on your hair. So here's what I do. Um, usually on purple shampoo day, I will wash my hair with something else first to kind of get all of the dry shampoo and built up oils and whatever I have in my hair out of my hair. And then I do my purple shampoo wash. And so what I do is I use probably four times the amount of shampoo when I'm doing purple than I do with other shampoos. And what I do is I kind of just like goop it onto my head as gently as possible so that I do not put it into a big lather because the second it lathers, it lightens up. And when I'm doing purple shampoo, I really want to get the most bang for my buck. And so I really slather it on there nice and thick. So it still looks like dark purple on my hair. Now, my highlights that I focus on are really around my face. And so I don't normally recommend putting shampoo through the ends of your hair, but in this case, I will, if I feel like my ends are kind of yellow. So, um, that's like, you know, you got to know the rules to know when to break them. So I break my rule about shampoo on the ends when I'm purple shampooing. Okay. So I glob it on and then I let it sit on there for, I don't know, a couple minutes while I like, I don't know, sing a song do some shaving on things and hang out in the shower. Um, so it probably sits for like five minutes before I rinse it out. And then I rinse it out really well. And then I use a treatment conditioner after because I find most purple shampoos are pretty stripping feeling on your hair. I have yet to find some that are like incredibly hydrating and also depositing in color. I think it's just like impossible to get a product to do both. So I usually use a nice hydrating conditioner after. Um, now how often I do that also matters. So for me, I end up doing a purple shampoo every other or every third time I wash my hair. I'm pretty light blonde and I feel like I actually look okay with gold tones in my hair. So for me, it's okay if I get like a little wash out from my purple, or I'm sorry, if my purple washes out a little bit. But if you're someone that's like, I don't want any warmth in my hair, and I want that purple shampoo to be like hardcore in there, canceling out yellow anytime, then you might want to use your purple every time. Um, it's really like a, a case by case situation. The only thing that I've always told people is, you know, when you use too much because your hair will be kind of purple. And the great news is it goes away when you wash your hair one time. And so if you get a little too heavy handed with that purple shampoo and you find that you look a little purple around the edges, just back off and use your regular shampoo and it'll go away one time. It's just a temporary stain on your hair. It's not gonna stay in anywhere permanently. Unfortunately, if it did, that'd be fantastic for those of us that want it. So um, yeah, figure out your usage, glob it on when you want it, make sure it's super purple. And then I will tell you, there's also purple conditioners out there as well. And the shampoos were like the first on the market. Actually, that's not true. Usually it used to be, uh, what do they call those? It was like a color rinse or something. I remember this from beauty college. This is before purple shampoos even became a thing. Um, the little old ladies that would come into beauty school 
to get their hair set in rollers and all that stuff, we would use these rinses in their hair. And I'm trying to remember the order of operations. It was in the shampoo bowl. We'd shampoo first and then squirt this purple stuff on their hair. And it was like liquid, like water. And I don't think we rinsed it out. I think it stayed in. Um, it was effectively the same idea as a purple shampoo, but that just didn't exist yet. Um, yeah, I think we just left that in and then maybe didn't even use conditioner with it. Gosh, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look into that. But anyway, the idea of purple depositing things have been around for a really long time. And then came purple shampoo. And now the new kind of things are these treatment conditioners and conditioners that have tints in them. Actually, that brings up another point. They don't just come in purple. So what I'm talking about here when I'm talking about purple shampoo and or conditioner is a product that's intended to cancel out unwanted tones, right? We're using it to get rid of brassiness. But there's also products out there that have similar staining abilities that are made to enhance color. And so they're kind of like a weak version of a toner. See how these ideas all play together with the podcast? It's almost like I planned it or something. <laughs> okay, so um, where I can't remember any of the brands off the top of my head, but um, I have seen a lot of varieties of these tinted conditioners. I've seen them in red. I've seen them in like a cool mushroom brown. And by cool, I mean like the temperature of the color, not like cool factor. Um, my daughter actually cracked a joke with me recently about that. It's so fun because she's like understanding play on words now. And I was trying to tell her the other day something to the effect of like, oh, here, drink this cold water. It'll keep you cool or something. And she looks at me and goes, mom, I'm already cool. I was like, what? Oh my God. And so it begins. I cannot wait to be cracking goofy jokes with her my entire life. It's so great. Anyway, cool, not cool, right? We get it. Okay. So there's, yeah, there's cool browns. There's, I've even seen like inky black conditioners. Um, there's reds, there's auburns. There's all these fun colors out there. And really they are a beautiful way to maintain um, color between color appointments. And so if you have a color that likes to fade very quickly, they're fantastic at keeping them from fading. So highly recommend looking into that and um, huge proponent of purple shampoo and conditioner over here. Now I have used purple shampoo and conditioner together. Um, it's just a little intense when you use both of them. Um, I have gotten two purple when I've done that before. And so I like to use one or the other and I have a favorite conditioner that I've been using these days. And so I really only ever want to use that one on my hair right now. It's the love smoothing conditioner from Davines. I will put a link to it in the show notes here because everyone needs to use this. I swear to you. This is the only conditioner that I have never heard anything bad about. And it's a sneaky one. Like no one talks about it in the industry. It's like just, it's a whatever conditioner, but it's fantastic. It's like lightweight, it's silky conditioning, um, but even like super thick haired people can use it anyway. So that's my favorite. So I've been choosing purple shampoo so that I can use my love smoothing conditioner with that as well. So Anyway, I think we, uh, we got purple shampoos covered. We got toners covered. We've got, um, brassy hair covered. So, um, yeah, that's a good, good way to dive into that before the summer's over here, my friend. Um, thank you so much for being here. It is seriously 
a pleasure. I very much appreciate you and your listening. And if you find this useful and helpful and you want to share it with someone, please do because I want to share the hair love. So until next time, have a wonderful hair day and enjoy your weather wherever you are. And I'll see you next week, my friend. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.